The John Morris Show, episode 138. The John Morris Show. Your life on code. Ladies and gentlemen, John Morris. Hey everybody, welcome back to the John Morris Show, johnmorrisonline.com. This episode got a number of things in store for you today. I got this email from a guy named Greg, and it really kind of struck me because it took me back to a time, you know, several, many years ago before I'd really had any sort of success in web development with freelancing, etc. And it kind of reminded me, you know, I, I know a lot of you out there are maybe in a similar situation. And it kind of reminded me what that felt like when I was going through that as well. And I remember some of the things that I faced both emotion-wise and then just some of the mistakes I made in the way I approached things and my thinking and so forth. And so I want to go through the email that he sent me. I want to go, kind of go back to that time. And I want to try and help any of you out there who may be going through that same thing. So I'm going to go through his email and talk about some of those things and really tell you what is an embarrassing, a little bit of an embarrassing part of my story that I, I don't really often talk about because it is embarrassing. But I want to also be really open and honest with you guys and share the things that I went through so you understand that you're not alone, you're not the only one facing these things, and uh, that there is a path forward, there is a way out. So we're going to get into that. Also, I've just got a number of questions. This video I did on CS Degrees or the podcast I did on CS Degrees really kind of struck a chord with people. And I've been getting a lot of different comments and feedback, mostly positive. Some people with legitimate questions, some people who disagree and so forth. And so I just want to go through some of those. Uh, you know, some of the questions are not necessarily uh, about the CS part of it, but they were all kind of spawned from this. And so I want to get into those questions. So in the last segment, that's what we're going to do. But before I do that, I want to start off. I, this is an email I sent out in my newsletter the, uh, the other day. And again, you know, you've heard me say on the podcast, if you're not on the newsletter, I really highly recommend getting over there. I send out daily emails with tips and stories and all sorts of things. You can just go to johnmorrisonline.com. It's right there at the top. You'll get a free PHP course when you sign up as well. But I sent this out the other day, and again, this kind of struck a chord with a lot of people. So I wanted to go through this kind of here on the show for you uh, and, and, and talk about this a little bit. So the title of the email was, I wanted to punch him in the face. And so here's, here's kind of what I said. So the, the following is a true story. Now, I've changed the names. But it illustrates what I think a lot of us who know they're just a bit brighter than most people go through at some point in our lives, yet we tend not to talk about. And again, as as an aside here, you know, this isn't an arrogance thing, anything like that. Uh, there's 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 some of us, especially those who get into the the coding world, we know it's just a fact that we we found in our lives that we tend to have or at least think we have, you know, maybe be a little bit brighter than than other people around us. Like people have told us, you know, you're a, you're you're a pretty smart person, etc. So we we've we've kind of started to notice that and get this idea that maybe we're a little bit smarter than the average person. And there are there's a lot of good things about that, but there's also some negative consequences. And so I want to talk about that a little bit. So I used to work with this guy, and again, I'm changing names, so I'll call him Peter. But when I first started working uh, at this place, and this was the the pizza place that I used to work at, I actually liked him. I, I I really liked this guy because he was a really black and white type guy. You know, he wasn't all touchy feely, and never tried to do all the kind. Of, I never really bought into like the fake rah rah stuff that sometimes bosses like to do that you know, get you to really buy into the company. And a lot. I just, I never really bought into that stuff much. And this guy never really did much of that stuff. He was just like, look, we're here to do a job. You know, he was very transactional in that sense. We're here to do a job. This is the job. You're, you know, you're getting paid while you're here, do the job. He's really black and white that way. 
And so he's he was just a like let's get stuff done type guy. And I and I appreciated that about him. But I noticed that it didn't take long for him to feel threatened because you know, he he was a sharp guy too and he quickly realized that I wasn't kind of the regular dim bulb employee that he usually dealt with. And when I came to work and when I was doing something, I did it 100%. I focused on what I was doing. I wasn't didn't have my mind somewhere else. And for a lot of employers and bosses, sometimes that's can be a negative thing because they re- sometimes they just want someone to show up and just not think too much. And this guy was kind of that kind of guy. Just do what I say. And I could tell he felt like it was a threat to his position because I would challenge him at times on certain things. And he would realize that I actually had a point. And so he began to feel he began to feel threatened by it. And that's kind of when our little war began. And he suddenly started getting really unreasonably irritable with me and picky with me. And he would hold me to a standard that he didn't hold anybody else to. He would ask me to do things in a way he wouldn't ask anyone else to do it. And it wasn't the, oh, I'm pushing you because you're great type thing. It was very much a, he was being kind of irrational with me. And he would, at times, ask me to do things that the position I held, because I was a, an assistant manager, didn't, it, it, he wouldn't have asked any of the other assistant managers to do. He was doing it simply to demean me and make me look stupid in front of everybody. And so he started treating me like I was an idiot because he wanted to establish himself as the, 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 the higher, the authority, and, and try to put me down to do that. And he was, he was always doing things to try to make me look stupid. He would point out any little mistake that I made, even though we all made mistakes, certain mistakes every single day. And he would always try to demean me and push me down in some way. And since he'd been with our mutual boss, I'll call him Chet, for longer, they'd been working together for a long time, Chet always took his side. And Peter knew that Chet always would. And so I got so frustrated that there were some days I just wanted to punch him in the face. Now, I'm not an inherently violent person, but it just gets so annoying. I just wanted to scream at him and tell him to shut up. But I think what really irked me is I knew that I was smarter than he was. And again, it's not an arrogant thing. I just I just knew uh with with our interaction and I knew I think even more than that, I knew that I was capable of so much more than I was doing at the time. And I was depressed about the the turn that my life had taken that I before this was right after I got back from Iraq. Uh, those of you who've been listening to the podcast for a while know that I was in the military for 11 years, served a year in Iraq. This is right when I got back. And before that, I had had some some pretty good jobs. But now here I was working at this pizza place, which not to demean anybody that does that kind of work, but it really wasn't what I felt like I was capable of. And so I just felt like I was capable of so much more. And I was depressed about where things were at that point. And I remember I kept thinking, how did I end up in this lame job working for this clown? And that question kept me up an, a lot at night. How did I get here? What happened to me? And what I've come to realize is that there's a big difference between thinking and saying you're smarter or that you're capable of more and actually doing it. Doing it requires more than intelligence. It requires courage. It requires boldness. Requires the ability to take swift, decisive action and to be aggressive with what you want. It's not just about intelligence. It's about courage, decision making, not not letting fear get to you and hold you back. Or if you do feel fear, taking action anyway. So what I eventually did, but should have done a lot sooner, is to aggressively go after the career I really wanted, which is my web development career, career in IT. Instead of sitting around crying about my situation, I should have 
worked harder and smarter to change it. And I should have been more aggressive and more open to outside help. And what I should have focused on instead of how did things get this way and looking at the past is what is the fastest way out of my current situation, out of this dead end job and into the kind of career that I really wanted, an IT career. So instead of focusing on my fear, fear of failing and my need to show off how smart I was by learning it all on my own, once I finally did all that, that's when things changed and fast. That's when things really got interesting for me. Anyway, if so if you're in a situ- similar situation, the thing to do is to be aggressive, to be bold, to to realize it's not all just about intelligence, to be more open to outside help, uh and and to to really focus on what's the fastest way that I can get out of this. Not what's the you know, thousand things that I need to learn. What's the, what's going to, I have to wait until I'm the absolute best. What's just the fastest way to get me out of this situation and at least started in a situation that's better for me. Now, I believe that one of those ways is my PHP 101 course, which you can find at johnmorrisonline.com slash PHP. And there's a very specific reason why and why I built this course this way, because it's focused on teaching you marketable skills. I I talk about this all the time. It's about how to produce end results, not on some random collection of tricks or these thousand things that all these people say that you need to learn, but you barely ever use. That's not what it is. It's not about this big glob of information you'll never get through. It's about very specific, concise information that you need that are marketable skills. And it's really about speed and it's about escape. That was the whole point of me putting this course together was helping people escape as quickly as possible. Not, it's not about the end of their career. It's about the beginning of their IT career. That's really what it's about. And so it's the smallest yet what I believe are the most important set of skills that you can learn to be able to land an IT job or grab freelance gigs. And in my opinion, that's what you need and that's what the course gives you. So anyway, if you want to learn more about the course, you can head on over to johnmorrisonline.com slash PHP. Just make sure that when you do finally quit your job, you're not as mean as I was to my boss when you leave. All right. Coming up, we're going to get into this email from Greg, and I'm going to talk about some of my story. I've already kind of gone mentioned a little bit of it, but I want to go deeper into it and really get into the embarrassing stuff that I don't talk a lot about and show you that, look, we all go through this and that you're not alone. And there's some specific things that you can do in order to get through it more quickly, like I just talked about. And then we're going to get into some of your questions and comments regarding the CS degree videos that I've done. I'm going to take a break. When we get back, we'll dive into all that. You're listening to the John Morris Show, johnmorrisonline.com. You know, it's kind of funny. Every time someone uh, joins my email list, I ask them a very specific question. I ask them, what would you say if I could, if I told you I could teach you how to master PHP in the next few months? And I get a lot of interesting answers. Now, I get a lot of people who, you know, they say, sign me up. Where do I start? Let's do this, right? I get people who are a little more skeptical who say, um, it would depend on the details, you know, if it costs, what it costs, et cetera. And then I get people probably on the most skeptical end who are like, well, what does it exactly take to master PHP? And all these are really great questions. Now, let me ask you this, since you're here listening. What if I told you that you could get started learning everything that you need to know to master PHP, all the foundational skills that are necessary to move you out of maybe that job that you're working right now that you don't really like and just get yourself into an IT career? Oftentimes, people do it making more than they were making before. But even if you could just make the same and start doing it in an IT career as opposed to like I used to do, which was wearing my little chicken costume walling around in Greece all day cooking chicken, 
Imagine if you could learn what you needed to learn, get the foundational skills you needed to start that process all for just seven bucks. What would your answer be? I hope your answer would be a resounding yes. Because I know I'm going to go all keep off my grass old man on you, but I remember what it was like when I was coming up and the option to get all of that training in one place simply didn't even exist at that time unless you wanted to read through a 500-page PHP manual, which I didn't want to do. But today, not only is that option available, but it's only going to cost you 7 bucks to get started. So if you're someone who's serious about learning PHP, about making a career in the IT industry, about getting out of whatever you're doing now that you might hate and getting into the tech industry, you don't have to be a PHP coder forever. That's the thing. You can, If you want to get into all the fancy new stuff, Node and Python, and well, Python's not new, but Django and all this other stuff, all these frameworks and everything that's out there, that's fine. But one of the fastest ways to get out of where you're at now and into a an IT career is through PHP because it's simply the most popular server-side backend language that you're going to find. The job opportunities are huge and there's companies that out there that are just starving for PHP developers. Clients out there starving for people who can create PHP applications. So again, if you're someone who's serious about making that happen, then I want to encourage you to head on over to johnmorrisonline.com/php. You can start taking module one of my PHP course for just seven bucks. So today, skip the latte from Starbucks, head on over to johnmorrisonline.com slash PHP, and let's get started with your PHP career. Welcome back to the John Morris Show, johnmorrisonline.com. This segment, as I mentioned, I want to get into this email from Greg that I received, and I want to kind of talk a little bit about my story. I was kind of reminded of... (laughs) what I went through a little bit and hopefully maybe inspire you or at least let you know that if you're someone that's out there that I can sense the what feels like a little bit of desperation in reading this, if you're someone who's in a similar situation that you can maybe uh, take solace in my story a little bit that you know you don't have to be perfect you don't have to do everything right. That more than anything, ultimately what I want you to get from this is that more than anything, that what matters is persistence. And the nice thing about that is it's complete. It's just simply a choice to continue to keep fighting and keep moving forward. So this is the email that I got from Greg. He said, I I spend so much time at work that I really don't have any time to do anything for me and I'm only making minimum wage. So I can't really just not show up for work one day to study. I mean, for me, just an apartment alone is a full paycheck. I don't know why I wrote this because I doubt you read everything you get from the thousands of people subscribed, but I did anyway. And so first off, I, I do read pretty much all the emails that I get. I don't necessarily respond to all of them because I do get quite a bit, but I do read them. And I, again, this one kind of stood out to me a little bit because I remember, I remember being in that same situation. And for me, it really happened, as I mentioned, when I got back from Iraq. And, you know, you've probably heard some of the stories and people talk about what what people go through when they get back from a situation like that and maybe not having experienced it, it can seem like well okay maybe or maybe it's not that bad and i can tell you from having gone through it that it's it's really disruptive i had a fr- a friend of mine who i went over with who committed suicide after getting back and i've had friends of mine who they got back and they didn't know how to function over here. So they went immediately back and then they went back again and just kept trying to stay in that environment because they didn't know, they didn't know how to be uh, in any other environment. And again, for me, I can fully relate because when I got back, I, you know, there was probably, it didn't hit me. The, the interesting thing, it didn't hit me for probably maybe two or three months really fully hit me that something wasn't right. 
And it was probably about a year and a half to two years before I really felt like I got kind of back to normal and was able to to get my head straight. But in the meantime, in that period, and really, if I'm honest, after that uh, a while too, uh, I, I really was not, I had a lot of struggles with uh, just regular jobs, getting you know, moving into IT and and being able to be successful and so forth. So, you know, to to get specific with it a little bit, when I got back, I immediately applied for. So when I got back, I didn't have any. A lot of people had like thirty days of leave built up for because we were over there for a year. You accrue leave in the army, which is basically vacation, and. A lot of people had, you know, at least two weeks, some even 30 days built up. I didn't have any because my, I'd had, when we were training, I had had both of my grandmas passed away while I was in training. And so I had left for a few days for each one to go to funerals and so forth. So that ate up some of my leave that I was going to accrue. And then my dad, while I was over, was diagnosed with diabetes and cancer. And so I left and came back for a little bit. Uh, for that. And then I had the regular scheduled. They gave everybody two weeks, uh, pretty much made everybody go back for two weeks uh, on regular leave. So when I got back, I had, I think I had three days of leave left of, of vacation. So I came back from Iraq. We were at Fort Riley for about two days. And then I had three days and I was off the payroll for the army. So I basically went right out of... <laughs> right out of Iraq into the real world, had to get a job, had to pay rent. I was in the middle of a divorce. So there was a lot going on. And I, I just, I applied for a job and I think I quit within probably two weeks. Maybe I made it a month. Um, and I, from that point, I just bounced from job to job to job to job. I, I worked at, uh, uh, the company was Pella Windows was the first one that I applied for. It was, I, so I had moved from Nebraska to Iowa. Um, my, Like I said, I was in the middle of a divorce, and I had then met what is my wife now while I was in Iraq um, after that kind of whole thing had process had started. And so I moved from Nebraska to Iowa. That's where she was from. And I had applied at this company called Pella Windows, which is basically a windows manufacturing, door and window manufacturing plan, if you've never heard of it. And was there, like I said, two weeks, maybe a month. And I just, I couldn't take it. I, my job, so my job, the the they would have you when you first started to co- go around and, and learn kind of the different positions. But as I settled in, my job became, I had, a window would pass me probably every 10 seconds. And I had three screws. I had a screwdriver from overhead. I had three screws. And I'd drill in those three screws. Some attach, something onto the window. I don't even remember. And so my job every 10 seconds was to drill in these three screws. Hour after hour after hour for eight hours a day. Drove me absolutely insane. Uh, it was the most boring, just soul-sucking job that I've ever had in my life. and. So I lasted just a couple of weeks, quit that job, was off for a little bit. So my wife had, or my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, had gotten a job and she, you know, she was a lot better than me. She had stuck with it. She ended up working that job for several years. And so I had, and it was a good job. So I had quit. She was able to take care of us. But, you know, it's one of those situations where uh, I could feel the, the, the indignation I could feel her losing respect for me, even though, you know, she's never been that type of person. I think it's just a natural thing that happens. And, you know, I, so I, I, I was trying to teach myself how to code. I was trying to teach myself all this online stuff. I was trying to make that my career, but I just wasn't, I wasn't at that point. And I had to, you know, we, we, things were tight financially for us. It was also kind of hurting our relationship. So I would, I would go and try and do another job. So I worked at a pizza place. I worked at another manufacturing plan. I worked at a basically a telemarketing call center. I worked all sorts of different jobs and I bounced from job to job to job. And 
just really struggled and looking back was not uh, a great employee. I, I, you know, I was someone who, when I was there, I was good, but I would quit on it. I would walk out with the first job I quit. Uh, the, there was a nine fifteen break. I went out to my car for my mind nine fifteen break and I left and never came back. And I did that several times. I mean, just if you're to sit back and analyze uh, employees and what everybody's, you know, just analyze people. I was a dirtbag. I really was. I, I could only hold a job for, for a couple weeks at a time. I'd walk out without any notice. I wouldn't give any sort of warning. I was a dirtbag. I really was. And even when I started getting into IT and started actually gotten to the point where this whole process, I'm trying to teach myself how to code. Even when I got into where I actually started to take clients, the first two clients I took, I backed out on. I started, I got partway through the the projects and either realized I couldn't finish them or just got overwhelmed or some reason I backed out of those projects. And so even when I, the, my first step into doing IT work and web development, I wasn't great. My first crack on Elance, when I first got on Elance, Got on there. It's the story that so many people tell me. I got on Elance and put out my profile and so forth, and nobody nobody hired me. And so my first crack on Elance, I failed at. I failed and failed and failed and failed. And all there will continue to be failures for me. But the one thing that I didn't do, the one thing that made the difference is that I didn't quit. If you look at the situation, I should have quit. I should have given up. As many times as I failed, as many roadblocks as I had, I should have quit. But I just, despite my quitting at jobs, when I'm really interested in something and want something, that was the thing about those jobs. I really didn't want them. I just did them because I felt like I had to. But when I really want something, I never give up and I never quit. And that, to me, you know, the, the, the big secret to any success that I've had or the people that I've met, that's the difference, is just persistence, is just a willingness to, to, to not give up. And I think through all of it, again, the thing that really bothered me, the thing that made me leave those jobs and, and really just kind of stuck with me and kept me up at night was the fact that I felt like I was capable of so much more. I felt like I had ideas and knowledge to share, that I, and I could articulate things in a way that could help people to understand. I just felt like I had more to share and that there was more that was, <laughs> I was capable of than screwing in three screws. And I, I imagine a lot of you feel that same way too at times that there's whatever you're doing now that there's more that you're capable of even a lot of people who are in the IT world maybe the things that you're doing aren't the things that you thought you'd be doing or that you feel like you are a best use of your talents and that you're capable of so much more the thing that i want to tell you when it comes to that, is you can't ever let that go. If you really believe that, if you really believe that you're capable of, of more than what you're doing now, whatever you happen to be doing, that's your fuel. That's the thing that you have to hold on to. That's the thing that's going to allow you to be persistent, even when you feel like giving up. And so the thing not to do is to not kill that drive or that spirit. To not, don't tell yourself that to be realistic or to, to not chase that. You need to hold on tight to that because that is the fuel. Uh, one of the things, so this podcast really for me, when I, when I look back, I didn't know it at the time. Okay, I was trying to figure it out, but it's clear to me now. This podcast for me is the thing. It's the thing that I feel like I was meant to do with my life. And it's it's actually kind of funny because a lot of people, you know, I, I promote my own products. I promote affiliate products and so forth. 
And a lot of people think that I do the podcast in order to fuel that part of it, the business side of it, that it's the, the, the pot. I get this a lot. People email me and it's, oh, you're just, all you care about is money. You're always promoting stuff, et cetera, et cetera. They think that my focus is I do the podcast in order to make money, but that's actually not really the case. It's the opposite. I do the courses and the promote things so I can do the podcast. I actually don't, I don't mind doing courses and so forth. It's not bad, but it, I've learned, I thought that that was what I really enjoyed, but I've come to find out that that's not really the thing that I like. I like this being able to sit down and, and, and speak to you and talk to you and just, just talk and, and, and share my ideas and my thoughts, whether you agree or not. Sometimes it's funner if you don't agree because it, it, it spurs more of a conversation. But I like, I like, for me, it's sitting here and doing this and having this conversation with you. That's the thing that I've ultimately figured out is what I was meant to do, what, what matters to me. And so, again, through all of this process, it's a process of self-discovery. And at the end of the day, what separates people who have success and, and ultimately achieve success and those who don't, is persistence. It's holding on to that idea that you are capable of more and continuing to believe in that idea, continuing to pursue it and not giving up. And what I want you to get from this is to look at all of the mistakes that I've made, all the dumb, embarrassing, dirtbag type things that I've done, quitting jobs, leaving jobs after a week, walking out, uh, flaking on clients, etc. I have not been perfect at all. I've made tons and tons of mistakes, but I never quit. I continued to hold on to that dream and that idea. And again, I bring all this up because when I read that email, I feel a sense of desperation in someone who might be on the verge of giving up. And I want you, I want to encourage you, push you, prod you. Do not do that. Do not give up. I understand it gets rough at times. I've been there. I've stood on that assembly line floor doing this job that drove me absolutely insane, knowing that I was capable of so much more, wondering what in the world happened to get me to this place. I, I've been there. I understand what that feels like. The way out, it's not some gimmick, it's not some trick, it's discovering what it is that you were really meant to do with your life. And I know that sounds all cliche and I'm not the lovey-dovey type, but trust me, it's there. And when you find it, you'll know. You will know. I sit down to do this and I don't, it, it's a privilege for me that people will actually listen, that I have a business structure in place that I can support myself doing this. It is a absolute privilege because it doesn't feel like work at all. I could do it every day, all day, really, if my voice would hold up. <laughs> and so I know this is what I was meant to do. And so you just have to keep fighting, keep fighting for that. And the other thing to realize is that there's nothing special about any of the people that have had success doing any of this. You know, it's not that they're dramatically smarter. It's not, it's not based on intelligence. It's not they've had good luck. The difference, in my opinion, is, as I mentioned, persistence. And so, again, just keep fighting. Hold on to that dream, that idea that this is something that you can do. You will figure it out. It will happen. You just got to keep at it. All right, coming up, I'm going to get into answering some of your questions. This is based primarily on the CS degree video that I did. CS degrees are worthless for web developers, uh, the, the, the podcast episode, and then I put a, a clip of it up on YouTube. And if you haven't listened to that episode, you'll, you'll want to jump back. I think it's the last episode and, and take a listen to it. And by the way, another reason to get into the 10-episode challenge, because if you've done that, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. You'd have heard 
uh, and listen to that episode and you'd be all caught up. But I'm going to get into answering your questions. One is about boot camps. So this is one of the uh, kind of people, as I talked about CS degrees, they're vast. Well, what about coding boot camps? What do you think of those? So I want to answer that question. I had some questions about using frameworks versus straight PHP. And then I've had just some general uh, maybe pushback or, or disappointment or horror, maybe you could say, at me talking about CS degrees being worthless. And I want to address some of the people who are concerned because they're in the middle of a program or they just finished a program and they're concerned about where their career might be headed. So that's what we're going to get into. You're listening to John Morris Show, johnmorrisonline.com. You know, one of the big mistakes that I see a lot of developers make is they make learning how to code much harder than it has to be. For example, I see a lot of developers who think the list of skills that they need to learn to master PHP is pages and pages and pages long. It's not. Now, I've said this before, and I will definitely say it again. But there's a foundational set of skills that you need to learn in order to be functional as a PHP developer, meaning that you can execute on projects and get paid. This is the fallacy that is so prevalent in the PHP developer community, that there's this ideal set of skills that you have to learn and that you have to be the absolute greatest developer in the history of mankind in order to be able to get paid to code. You don't. You simply need to be able to execute on projects. I talk about end results all the time. You need to be able to deliver end results to clients because that's ultimately what they want. But when you focus on these foundational skills and learning only those first, the things that will allow you to execute on projects, what you realize is that you can start getting paid to code much faster than you probably ever thought because you haven't set this idealistic, unattainable bar for yourself to reach before you allow yourself to take paid work. You can start now when you can execute on a deliverable, when you can complete a a single project, when you can create a contact form or a business website, when you can execute on that, you can start. And you can start then building the life that you wanted that you got into this all for the f- in the first place, instead of continuing to slave away at some job making somebody else rich. Anyway, you can learn these skills in my free course, The Beginner's Guide to PHP, which you can enroll in at johnmorrisonline.com slash learn PHP. And it's going to teach you these foundational skills so you can get started right now. Again, it's a completely free course that you can take at johnmorrisonline.com slash learn PHP. Don't wait on this. Head over there right now and get started building that life. Welcome back to the John Morris Show, johnmorrisonline.com. All right, this segment I want to finish up and I want to answer some of your questions and comments mainly related to the CS video or CS degree podcast that I I recently did. So again, if you haven't heard that one, you can go back an episode or two and you'll see it. It's (laughs) CS degrees are worthless for web developers and, you know, kind of created a little bit of controversy and I've got some questions from people regarding some of what I had to say. So the first one comes from Justin. This one was via email. And it says, I'd like to know your opinion on coding boot camps. Are they worth the price or is it better to just teach yourself with video tutorials? So as a general rule, I think coding boot camps are far better than, say, a CS degree for web developers. Because in, again, the general idea of a coding boot camp you're actually going to you're going to get the hands on that you would get from in college you're going to work you know, have people teaching you who usually are going to know what they're talking about they've been in web development they're going to give you that hands on kind of teaching that some people need and you're going to actually learn web development 
and if you choose a web development one. So generally speaking, I would say, and at the, they're also usually cheaper. Now, these things are somewhere 5000 8000 10000 whatever they are. But they're generally cheaper than what a college degree is going to cost, cost you. So again, I always say the analysis should be value for cost. It's the same thing you would do with anything else. What value am I getting? Is it exactly specifically related to what I'm after as a web developer in the career I'm after? And then how much does it cost me? So again, generally speaking, I think coding boot camps, you're getting more value for less cost than you would usually with some sort of college degree. So again, generally speaking, that would be my opinion on him. The one caveat that I have here is, well, two really. One, not all coding boot camps are created equal. So I, I've heard of, you know, I've had people tell me about different ones that are, you know, are good or bad or whatever. They don't live up to the promise. Some do more hands-on stuff, some do less, etc. So they're not all created equal and there's probably some out there where you're going to pay the 10 grand and not get what you really wanted. So again, that changes the the equation in terms of our analysis. So my advice is that you really look into if you're looking at a coding boot camp, you really look into the one that that you're looking at and research it. If you can try to talk to people who've been through it and find one that is going to give you the hand, really give you the hands-on stuff that you're after and give you actually teach you uh the coding pieces that you need to learn and and the the people who've gone through it come out of it and say, "Look, I learned a ton. I can now build I can actually build stuff, etc." So, really research them because I'm it's it's again, the same with anything else. I'm sure there's some that are out there that are uh, not kosher. So uh, make sure and do that. The other thing that I would say is I would, me personally, I would really only go to a coding boot camp if you are just really completely new to coding, never have never done anything. And it's just like a foreign language to you. And you feel like you're going to need the the hands-on stuff that you're going to get there. Because, and the reason I say that is because in your career, you're going to have to learn how to, to teach yourself at some point. All of this stuff is progressing and moving so quickly that the marketplace behind, that follows behind technology as it advances, is always going to be a little bit behind. And boot camps are going to be further back because they're harder to set up and organize and, and get all the, the teachers that can teach the stuff, etc. It takes more for the people putting it on to actually get it together. So they're always going to be further back. And if you want to be on the cutting edge of where things are and learning uh, as technology advances, then you're going to have to learn how to be able to learn technology skills from a course or from YouTube videos or whatever. So it's if you think that you can do that and you don't need the hands-on stuff, then I would go that route. I wouldn't just go to a coding boot camp to go to one. I it's better I think for you to be able to to teach yourself or self-direct your education based off of courses and YouTube videos and tutorials, etc. So again, if you if you really think that you need the hands-on stuff and like it's it's not going to happen, like you're not going to learn how to code if you don't get hands-on teaching, then go to the boot camp and I think it's probably worth the investment for you. But if you think that you can probably figure it out and and figure out how to do it without that, then I would probably stick to online tutorials and courses and so forth because you're going to have to do that at some point in your career anyway. All right, next question comes from Eric, and I believe this was on YouTube, and it says, I'm in the process of learning PHP, and I'm wondering if we must use a framework to build web apps or if it is equally okay to use plain PHP. I always find this an interesting question because usually I get the question reversed. I, should I use, it's usually, must we use straight PHP or can we use a framework? So this this is kind of an interesting one to me, but... I can tell you in in my career going on 11 years now I've never used a framework. And there there's not necessarily a real reason for that other than the the 
environment or community I got involved with was WordPress. Now, you could maybe say WordPress itself is a framework, so to speak. It's not really a framework. It's an application. But it does have some frameworky properties to it. And so since I'm always in that community, I'm doing a lot of really WordPress-specific stuff more than the straight PHP all the time. Um, but it's not actually built on an actual framework like some of the one of the minis that are out there for PHP. So uh, I've never, me personally, I've never used an actual pure PHP framework. Um, it's absolutely okay to use plain PHP. I guess the thing that I would say is um, if you're really going to get into building a, a robust type application, like you, you're going to sit down and build your own CMS, for example then it might be smart to use a framework in that. Now, again, frameworks go from really, really thin or light frameworks to ones that are much more heavy and do a lot more. So you have to find the right balance there. But for a, a larger application like that, that you're going to kind of run on your own, build something, you know, a massive type application, then it might be smart to build it on top of a framework just to cut down on all the stuff that you have to do from scratch, that there's a lot of stuff that's not necessarily, like if you know how to do it already, it's not necessary that you write it all from scratch. So there's a difference between building to learn and building to build. So if you're building to learn, then writing straight PHP makes sense so that you can learn how to do all the stuff. But if you're at a point where you're building to build, you know how to do all of it, but why recreate the wheel then a framework can be handy in that sense so i really think it depends on the situation but is it okay to use plain php absolutely people do that every single day that's what i do so you don't have to use a framework all right then the last one i got is really more of a comment and i got this from quite a lot of people but uh, nate kind of i think summed it up best when he said damn about to finish my cs degree so that's what I've got a lot from people who watch the video or listen to the podcast about CS degrees is, you know, I'm halfway through my CS degree or I'm about to start or I just graduated, etc. And now they're concerned, well, am I, am I going down the wrong path? And the thing that I would tell you is it's really similar to the vice that I had at the end of the last podcast. And that is, if now after listening to that podcast and wa or watching that video, you're concerned that maybe you're headed down the wrong path, you really need to take a look at your degree program and see if the classes that you're going to be enrolled in are going to be ones that are going to help you with the career that you want. The biggest thing, like the that was the the thing about that podcast episode is a lot of people thought that I was just ragging on degrees in general or even CS degrees in general. And that wasn't really the case. It was CS degrees for web developers and it was it was really more about knowing what you're getting into and making sure that the degree program you're in is going to give you the skills that you actually want that there's a match between where you want to go and where that is taking you because i've ha i've got emails from so many people uh who got their cs degree and are like now i got to teach myself web development <laughs> and that was why i made the podcast to try and reach those people before they get into it so if you're into it you're you know and, and maybe you're halfway into it or whatever take a look at your degree program there's there are schools out there where they do actually teach you web development so it depends on the school, it depends on the degree program, but you need to look at yours and make sure there's a match between what they're teaching you and what you want to actually do when you graduate. And the, the other part of it was you also need to recognize that as you go through your degree, you really want to get into maybe try some freelancing or be a part of open source projects or create your own project. You really need to add this element of having actually done it to your degree. Because if you think your degree is just going to be enough, it usually not going to be the case. So uh, be sure to, to get involved as much as you can in other projects and so forth so that when you do graduate, you A, have the skills, you know how to 
be a web developer, how to write code and, and build app, web applications and so forth. And you have some experience actually doing it, whether for clients on open source projects, et cetera. So I wouldn't freak out if you're, <laughs> if you're in a CS degree program and you've heard what I've said, just look at it. And then if it's not matched up and it, I spending that money, I can tell you as someone who went through a degree program that ended up not being helpful at all, not really related at all to what I ended up doing. It's, and then having to pay off that debt, it's a real, it's a real thorn in the side. So uh, don't be afraid to either change up your degree program, change your school to one that teaches more what you're after, or, or maybe consider leaving it all together and, and going, spending that money on self-directed education. So, but there are options. You know, if you're just getting out of a CS degree program and you're like, oh, great, now my degree is worthless. For web, de- for web development, if you want to get a pure web development job, it, it may or may not be helpful. You're probably going to have to teach yourself those skills. Uh, you might consider getting into something different that your CS degree actually really helps you for at first just to get into an IT field so you can actually earn money, earn an income while you teach yourself self-web development. And then if you want to, you know, say five years from now, you know, after you've made some good money, you've got a bunch of skills doing coding and you've taught yourself web development, then go into more of a pure web developer type role or freelancing or, or your own business, whatever, do that. So there are options. I wouldn't freak out, but um, you just got to make sure that 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 you're really focusing on where you want to go and learning the skills that you need to get there. All right, so I'll leave it there. I'll wrap it up for this episode. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. If you're not subscribed to the show, you can head on over to johnmorrisonline.com slash Show and get subscribed. You can also see an archive of all my past episodes there. And if you're getting into the 10-episode challenge, then that's a good place to start. You can find those episodes there. You can subscribe and so forth. If you know a developer out there who'd benefit from hearing this, someone who maybe is on the verge of giving up or is really struggling right now, I'd appreciate it if you would share this with them. If you liked it, be sure to like it. If you wouldn't mind leaving me a review over on iTunes, I would really appreciate that. That helps the show get discovered by more developers, allows me to connect with more people and uh, get this message out there. So appreciate all that. Appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you next time.